Hello, my name is Mary Stedman, co-founder and director of partners for Lura Lifestyle, welcoming you to Lura Listens. Each episode, I'll be interviewing luxury lifestyle leaders on topics such as wellness, travel, retail, gastronomy, events, marketing PR in the luxury space. We will listen to their insights, predictions, and their secrets. Lura Listens is brought to you by Lura Lifestyle Management. Lura Lifestyle is a members-only bespoke luxury lifestyle company servicing ultra-high net worth individuals across the globe. Lura offers its members unraveled access to some of the world's most exotic travel destinations, opulent hotels, new and trendy restaurants, VIP events, exclusive parties, and top fashion brands. Please follow us on Instagram at Lura Lifestyle. Today, I'm excited to introduce our eighth luxury leader on Lura Listens. Experientialist in chief of Out There Magazine, a luxury and experimental travel and lifestyle journal rooted in its brand values of diversity, discovery, and discernment. With a previous career in marketing and communications, he co-founded Out There alongside creative director, Martin Perry, over 10 years and a pandemic ago. The dream was to promote a more diverse media landscape and better representation in the luxury travel industry for his own community of LGBTQ plus travelers and for today's widely intersectional and diverse luxury audiences, showcasing of the voices of those still under representation in mainstream media and the stories of inclusive brands looking to change the status quo. In 2022, he was named one of Walpole's 50th most influential people in British luxury. And in 2020 was Campaign Magazine's Editorial Leader of the Year. He is a founding member of Belmont's LGBTQ Advisory Board and is serving his third term on the board of directors of the International LGBTQ Plus Travel Association, IGLTA. He is also a travel ambassador for the Tourism Authority of Thailand and heads up Go Thai Be Free, their landmark LGBTQ Plus outreach program. He is also co-founder of Swedish destination marketing organization, Stockholm LGBT. Please join me in welcoming Ewan Jong, Experientialist, Editor-in-Chief of Out There. Hi Mary, how are you? I'm amazing! It's such an honour to have you here. Thank you so much for having me on. It's such an honour to be on here. Um, wow, I, it sounds like I do a lot. <laughs> you do do a lot. <laughs> I'm just exhausted listening about myself. <laughs> It's incredible the things you are. And I, I thank you because I know how busy you are. So your time is really precious. And uh, yeah, I want to thank you for being a leader and assisting luxury brands to develop their diverse and inclusive content for today's Discerning Traveler. Um, and congratulate you again on being named one of Walpole's 50th most influential people in British luxury in 2020. It's incredible. So thank congratulations. Thank you so much, Mary. I always have time for you. Don't worry. I think, <laughs> I'm trying to think back of where we met. I think we met in a bar somewhere, didn't we? 
We did in Cannes, yes. And it was your birthday. And uh, we, we drank some champagne that night. It was yes. lovely. <laughs> Aren't we fabulous people? <laughs> so it's a new year and so much has changed in our industry. However, I kind of wanted to go back um, and celebrate what you've created. So it's over a decade ago when you curated Out There magazine. Could you share your journey of creating the magazine and explain how you came up with your brand values of diversity, discovery, and discernment? Well, it was, uh, it's 10 years and a, pan- and a pandemic ago. I love that. I love <laughs> so it's that. Actually 12, it's actually 12 years, but 10 years sounds, 10 years sounds better. It makes me sound younger too. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, t- I, the last two years of, you know, we know in, for us who work in travel, um, we know it's been a roller coaster over two years. So uh, while I like to think it counts, it's, I think it's better not to say it counts. <laughs> so 10 years in a pandemic, it was. Um, I had a career in marketing and communications, um, in lifestyle, um, alcohol marketing, and also travel. So I was actually on the other side and I crossed over to the dark side of journalism and publishing <laughs> um, after I was lucky enough to, to, to sell back uh, mm-hmm. my shares in, in a company uh, that I was I had founded uh, with my business partners um, and I took myself off traveling travel has always been a passion of mine um, and uh, you know to cut a long story short the rest was history it you, you might hear on other podcasts or articles you read of a story why I, in, in Cambodia where you know there was someone very influential in my life someone who I had spent a fleeting moment with on top of Angkor Wat watching the, uh, watching the sunrise that pushed me, really, <laughs> a stranger <laughs> that pushed me into doing what I wanted to do. To cut a long story short, it's a long and emotional story, but to cut a long story short, uh, I met someone who who's, was on their final journey. They were terminally ill um, and we met by chance on the top of the temple, uh, Angkor Wat at sunrise. Um, you but know. is anything by chance? I don't uh, know yeah, that, right? I don't know. I yeah, absolutely. Everything happens for a reason. And you know, I was toying with the idea of starting this magazine, um, and oh, you know, I wasn't sure. It was a time where everyone was telling you that print magazines were dead. Getting to publishing was challenging mm-hmm. um, because of the advent of digital and how digital was changing. And she, you know, I explained all of this to her. I don't know why I felt like oversharing that morning, uh, but um, she turned to me and explained her situation and said, you know, if there was one big regret uh, that I have in my life is that I didn't do the things that I wanted to do. So you should go ahead and do whatever it is you wanted to do. Beautiful. Uh, and that's how, you know, that, that's how I kind of sort of lurched forward into creating out there uh, with my business partner, Martin. The other maybe less emotional side of the story is that mm-hmm. Martin uh, had, had always worked in um, uh, publishing at the helm of some of uh, the country's top luxury magazines and you know he saw that there was a need for better diversity and better inclusion that there was only a stereotypical way of telling stories which was heteronormative cisgendered white you know all all the things that um out there uh wants to really had a dream to combat you know, to be mm-hmm. much more inclusive in our storytelling and to tell the stories of people who saw the world differently or were seen by the rest of the world as differently. Um, so that was 10 years ago. Uh, a lot has happened in that time. <laughs> yeah. it's, been, it's been a roller coaster. You know, we started as a lifestyle 
an arts and culture and fashion coffee table book uh, and, you know, evolved commercially uh, into the world of travel purely because, you know, that was what our audience was hungriest for. Incredible. And your brand values of diversity, discovery, and discernment. Um, how did you decide on those three brand values? It's the marketer in me, Mary. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, I love to, the alliteration. We need to brand everything. Yeah, the three Ds. We have a we call it. And, uh, you know, cause a little it. bit of a of a of a double entrende chuckle <laughs> indoors. Uh, but no, we wanted to sum up. Uh, what we were and I think it was important to sum up what we were uh you know starting as an LGBTQ magazine I, let, I said that wrong starting as a magazine for LGBTQ people because there is a difference you know we wanted to be a magazine back then 10 years ago that that um filled the gap for the LGBTQ community but what we were not was an LGBTQ magazine because right. for for the most part and this is what we learned we wanted to travel you know, like everybody else. We wanted to see the world like everybody else, but we wanted to be respected. Um, we wanted uh, to, 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 to engage with the world in the same way that everyone else is. And when you say LGBT magazine, when you say the word LGBT, the first thing you think of is rainbows and unicorns, gay bars and gay cruisers. Uh, you know, so we didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves in that, in, in that area. Yes, we celebrate that. We absolutely love that part of our culture. Um, but we felt that there was more to say. Uh, mm -hmm. And we embarked on this journey uh, and found a few years in that 30% of our readers were not LGBT at all. <laughs> and we, 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 we couldn't work it out for a little bit. So the marketing me decided to go do some research um, and found out that actually it was more diverse travelers, travelers that felt, um, you know, for marginalized communities that felt they were not represented uh, in the mainstream uh, publishing arena. So solo female travelers, uh, for example, which, you know, again, surprised us because we started as an heterosexual solo female travelers that we started as an LGBT right. publication, but actually it turned out that their travel concerns are identical to that of our community. They want the safety, uh, they want the security, they want to go to fabulous places. Uh, they also wanted to be respected. Uh, mm -hmm. and not constantly asked, you know, where their husband was or where their partner was just because they were women traveling alone. Um, and that also we had solo uh, single parent families, people of color, people who were differently abled. Um, and we felt that, you know, at that point we felt there was a need to expand who we were. Um, we realized that there really was a gap, not just for the LGBTQ community, mm -hmm. but for all marginalized communities because they just weren't being represented in mainstream storytelling. Uh, so we had to find a catch-all that moved us on you know, and actually diversified us at all because, you know, originally we were international homoculture was our moniker. <laughs> and then onward from that was, you know, experiential journeys for men of distinction. So if you buy back issues of the magazine, you'll still see those, those taglines on, on, on the magazine. And we wanted to be more diverse and inclusive ourselves, but also more representative of the community, the wider community that we represented. Um, and we put our, you know, put our thinking caps on the table uh, and came up with the three Ds because that's exactly who we are. Diversity is obviously our, you know, what underpins uh, the whole brand because that's that's all about being inclusive, creating belonging, and being equitable. Um, discovery is rooted in in our inherent uh, traveling of the world and, and uncovering experiences uh, and uh, you know fabulous uh, journeys. 
that we want to cover. And discernment comes from that luxury angle of things that, you know, we, we look at everything uh, with the luxury eye, but also an eye for discovery. And we are discerning in, in, in the stories and brands that we feature in the magazine. Incredible. Love it. And I do love alliteration. So I think it, it's beautiful. <laughs> it fits well. With, with you should come write some of our headlines. We love alliteration <laughs> in our headlines. It's great. It's fantastic. So uh, the last two really touching on the pen. The what? Um, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, how has Out There a Magazine pivoted during this time? Um, did you change anything? Because I know obviously you said the digital world's changing and you have print, which I'm a big lover of print as well still. So I'm still someone who loves to hold books and magazines. And so I get you. <laughs> um, but we'd just love to know how as a magazine have you pivoted and what have you done differently? Well, we pivoted and we pivoted hard <laughs> very early on. Um, I remember getting back from Ecuador, I went on this amazing trip on the Galapagos and, you know, there were murmurs of the world shutting down, but when you're out in the, in the middle of the ocean, you don't really think about it. Uh, yeah. And we got back uh, and I remember that was pretty much the week the UK shut down, locked down. Yeah. And this, this became, you know, something quite serious. Um, and we realized, you know, I had worked in marketing and travel marketing during a crisis before I worked during the tsunami and, you know, I worked with 9-11. So I, I had an inkling this was, was going to be, you know, something quite big. Um, I didn't realize just how big, because if you look back at my, you know, positive outlook, initial articles back in March 2020, it, I was talking about a matter of months <laughs> rather than years. Um, but, you know, I knew, we knew as a magazine that there, there was, this, this would be a challenging time for us mm -hmm. um and it's a double whammy too you know because as a published someone in the publishing industry and someone in the travel industry at that they were two industries that got hit really hard you know publishing because uh of uh challenges in distribution and also advertising people pulled a lot of their marketing budget and travel right. because we couldn't get out you know we just couldn't get out um so we came up with uh, there was an idea that we've been toying around for a little while called the experientialist. Um, and it was to be kind of the online version of what out there was out there is obviously a quarterly uh, coffee table book. So, you know, we didn't spend as much time before then really sort of focusing on digital, but we were, we already had plans uh, to come up with a digital sort of manifestation of the experiential journey that we put in our printed magazine and we thought actually we're going to have to get more digital we have to, going to have to get more social so pretty much uh very quickly after uh the uk announced the lockdown we launched the experientialist on our site the idea was to create a feel-good newspaper uh or news and correspondingly newsletter with everything that was hap happening that was good that was happening in the world particularly in a time of uh crisis uh, and we knew in our community of travelers, there will be impacts on mental health uh, at this yeah. time when you're locked in. So we also wanted to do it to a positive mental health, not just to keep the world in touch with, with, with what's going on, with, not to keep just our, our readers in touch with what was going on in the world, but also to a positive mental health. And that really took off, uh, you know, as, as a lover of print like you are. <laughs> I've always been, you know, skeptical. I always knew the power of digital, but we've always been sort of looking for the right way to bring 
you know, the experience of what out there is into a digital right. format. And Martin, our creative director, was was a big part of that. You know, he didn't want it just to be something content on a page or listicles or anything like that you know which went against what the printed version was about he wanted to create manifestation of what the printed version was online um so we we launched that uh and with that we we also launched uh, awards uh called the experientialist awards uh mm -hmm. to recognize resilience and creativity and innovation in the industry we also launched uh, um a series of webinars uh, to keep the industry in the loop uh, with all that was going on, but again, in a positive and fun way. And just to really keep our community, not just our readers, but also the community of travel people engaged and enthused uh, about uh, the, the wonderful industry that we were part of, despite what was going on in the world. Um, so we did quite a lot, uh, actually, yeah. in a pandemic. But, you know, the biggest lessons I've taken out of the pandemic was that actually it allowed us to stop and take stock of who we are. Um, you know, in 2019, the world was, it was, everybody was flying everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, we were constantly firefighting as a business because we were a very small team, uh, well and small but perfectly well formed, but there was just so much and there was so much happening and there was so much that, you know, demanded our attentions. And I found that we were doing a lot for the sake of doing it rather right. than necessarily what was right uh, for us as a brand. So the pandemic actually allowed us to stop that and really take stock of who we were and focus on the things that was important to our business and our brand, but also the, the things that we love doing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes you, you lose sight of that when you're busy. Uh, you lose sight of what it is, why, what the reasons were you started your business and the, the reasons, you know, the, the, the things that really made you smile every day. Um, and I can say now I feel like we've come out in a position where we know who we are much better than we did back in 2019. And I think as a result, our stakeholders and the brands and advertisers and partners and people we work with know who we are much better as well. Um, and I think, you know, fingers crossed, 2022 is a new year. I know we're we're, we're well into it, yeah. um, but um, fingers crossed, I think we will come out stronger. Incredible. Absolutely beautiful. I absolutely love the online publication. Like I say, yes, I do prefer prints as well, but, <laughs> but it is beautiful, so congrats. On Thank that. you. And, you know, we're back in print. I'm so happy. We had to take yeah. a little hiatus back in 2020. Um, feel, you know, not, not just because we wanted to stop, but also it was hard to, to, to create those stories um these these long feature length uh travel stories that we do in print um because no one was traveling uh but also you know like i say not just the travel industry the publishing industry too we distribute in in airports and you know that's our biggest line of sales uh apart from subscription and no one was going to airports or bookstores or you know to pick up your magazine so right. and then there were challenges in distribution and shipping you know it was it was a mess the world was in a mess because nobody knew how to react to what was happening uh and uh, as a result we had to, to take a pause but i'm so glad to be back um you know last year we we got uh, all our issues out uh, and this year we're also on track to get our four issues out um and i'm so glad to be back in print because there's nothing like print yeah 
incredible. And I think that positivity too is so key during that time. So I love that you embraced it because, you know, even though we couldn't necessarily travel or some of us did, I know we made the best of when we could, but we couldn't travel the way we were used to. Um, I think having this, you know, presence and having a space where you can go and to read articles and get inspired and remember why you love to travel. It was just as important. Absolutely. And we, we created this hashtag called keep your mind traveling. Uh, we don't use it so much anymore as we're coming out of it. But, you know, it was a, it was a war cry for us um, pretty much throughout 2020 and, and definitely a lot through 2021. Um, and, and, you know, that's exactly what we, what, what we wanted to achieve to get people to keep their minds traveling. Beautiful. I love it. So what trends are you seeing now emerging out of this uh, for the LGBTQ plus traveler? You know, do you see, have you seen changes? Um, any insights? Absolutely. You know what? I'm just uh, finalizing our trends report. We do a trends report Ooh. every year. Uh, so literally, as I was uh, getting on this uh, platform to talk to you, I was l- reading through 2022's <laughs> trends report. So you're going to hear it first. I love um, it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are a lot of trends that are similar, actually, to last year, uh, but actually mm-hmm. amplified. Uh, top two uh, for us, not just the LGBT community, but marginalized communities in general, uh, is uh, what I'm calling city slickers, the return to the city. Um, over the last two years, people, you know, particularly in the mainstream, were looking for open air and wide open spaces and yeah. fresh air and to get out in the middle of nowhere where privacy was, you know, that, that, that was key. Um, but we started noticing early in our 2021 trends report that there was a great desire among our audience to get back into cities, to repopulate mm-hmm. cities uh, and to, to be part of urban culture. Uh, and we understand that because as marginalized communities, whether you're part of the LGBT community or people of color, you, we thrive in the cities. That's our home. <laughs> you know, many of us leave rural landscapes to get to the cities um, yes. because that's yeah. where we thrive. That's where we feel safe. That's where our community is. Um, so it was no surprise that we wanted to get back to city. And this year is our top trend out there. Travelers will lead the way into urban regeneration um, in terms of its hotels and restaurants and, 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 and everything that a city has to offer. Now tied to that, uh, I stopped short at hotels and restaurants because the second big trend uh, is culture. Mm-hmm. We travel because we love culture and yeah. that has been amplified significantly um, in, in the 2022 uh, report. Um, we just had no, no opportunity to access live culture, particularly live arts and culture over the last two years, and we missed it. There, there was, there's no replacement for live culture. I mean, everything that was virtual was a fantastic stopgap. There is no replacement for the ability to engage your live culture. And when I say that, I mean arts and culture to start yes. with. Um, in terms of museums and theater shows uh, and just everything um, that, you know, that's in the cultural landscape. And, you know, I stopped short in the first trend because it's actually very linked to the first trend because, you know, you, you tend to find the most sort of density of culture in cities. So the city and culture trend sit sort of very, very close together. Um, but also beyond that, that basic classification of culture as arts and culture, 
food and meeting mm-hmm. with people and you know all all the things that sort of excite our lives um so i would say at this moment that that's our top you know sort of top two sort of trends um the one thing new that's come out this year is traveling for hedonism um people just want to have fun you know mm-hmm. after the last two years are we hearing a lot about transformational travel and sustainable you know all that kind of stuff of course people people are very interested in that but you know a lot of that is expected now from our audience as demand uh, sorry as a supplier based you know so right. you should you should as a hotel be sustainable you know it shouldn't be demand based we shouldn't be asking you whether or not you're sustainable you should be sustainable it should, it should come as standard um, and while we all want to build back better, I think our first outing out will be hedonistic. It'll be very much about self-indulgence, uh, very much about me, 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 mm-hmm. you know, very much about me celebrating myself and learning to enjoy life again, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think after that, on our sort of second or third trip, so in, in 2022, which I hope we all will be making, uh, we will start to look at those sort of deeper reconnections um, in in travel, whether that's sort of adventure travel and going on safari or going on an expedition or, you know, transformational and sustainable things that, that look at conservation and, cult- uh, uh, and, and communities as well. Um, but if you, you know, if you're looking for a top three, that's my top three. I also haven't quite finished the report so <laughs> you got the first you got the first three uh but soon to come you'll you know you'll you'll get the other seven out of ten trends that we're focusing on this year that's great yeah and it makes sense yeah as you describe it right it does make sense but i think anyone who celebrates diversity too i agree with that because it's funny i'm just reflecting on myself and i really was wanting to get out of the city in 2020 as well you know wanting to be in open spaces and I feel myself I'm just booking all these city breaks now <laughs> so I feel like I'm on your trend beyond sort of talking about the communities we serve that's a great yeah um uh community of allies and people that that think in exactly the same way yeah. uh you know that that the, the city particularly offers a lot um that we haven't had you know, in the last two years. Um, and, and I think, you know, just to add to the, tr- the diversity thing, I think another trend mm-hmm. uh, that's emerging, and it emerged last year and it's here to stay, is people, you know, looking to put their money where their values lie. Um, yes. And diversity is a really big part of that. You know, beyond the pandemic, you know, we've had significant discussions around race, haven't we? Uh, mm-hmm. Whether it was Black Lives Matter or Stop Asian Hate, I know that was very 2020, but the conversation continued about harnessing greater diversity, whether it's LGBT and particularly the T, trans and non-gender uh, binary uh, people. Um, you know, there's just so much discussion of how uh, the world needs to sort of readdress itself. There's also been discussions around climate change. You know, there's yes. some significant stuff that's happened, you know, while we're all fixed on the pandemic, there's some really big global stuff that's happening. Uh, and it all feeds into our psyche. And I think as travelers, we do want to build back better. Uh, and we want to turn to the travel industry to help us do that. And I think it's actually, I feel it's very much the responsibility of the travel industry to help us do that. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the onus is on the consumer. But I think, you know, we at the travel industry have, have the ability and opportunity to make a change. 
I agree. And I think an opportunity to influence on where consumers do go as well, right? And how they travel. So yeah, couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Yeah, excellent. And where are your community, when they're choosing a destination, um, and you touched on, you know, moving away from the country to the city, um, where, what are the biggest concerns? What do they come to you and say, I need help, or I'm worried about, or when traveling? It depends on the person you are, uh, but by and large, it is about safety, right? It's yeah. about safety. It's about not just acceptance and tolerance, you know? Um, that has been the word that's been, I think, misused, uh, particularly in diverse communities over the last few years, you know, that we want to go where we're tolerated. <laughs> we want to go where we're accepted. No, we want to go where we're celebrated, you know? It's, oh, it, I like that. Oh, that's be- nice. It's about where belonging. we're celebrated. Really? Yeah about belonging I think and, and I think the diversity and inclusion discussion has become almost so academic that we really need to take the emotional side of it uh, to heart you know right. it's been about it's not just about accepting people for the who they are it's celebrating people for the who who they are um, I, you know I want to go to a place where I know that you know people are, are not looking at me and my partner strangely or right. actually you know a hotel that has thought about who we are as individuals and personalize the experience. Um, so much of, of hospitality is uh, heteronormative, you know, like mm-hmm. one big bathrobe, one small bathrobe every time you check in. People asking me uh, where, uh, whether my wife will be joining me for breakfast. Um, it's all those little things that, you know, really show that while you may be uh, accepting <laughs> of, of, of diverse communities, you're not really thinking and celebrating them. So I, I, I think safety is, is primary. And sadly, there are more destinations in the world, more countries in the world that are not safe uh, for LGBT travelers, or maybe not not safe, but still have laws uh, and, and um, uh, that, that discriminate against LGBTQ citizens or treat or, you know, or still have uh, issues around race or still don't necessarily uh, have uh, accessibility or uh, accessible options uh, for people who are differently abled. Uh, And those are challenging uh, places to start. We want to, we do want to go and engage with, 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 with those destinations like everybody else, but they're challenging. Um, You know, there are some, for example, Middle Eastern countries where being LGBT is punishable by a death sentence. Mm-hmm. You know, in the same way, there are those countries where women aren't allowed to drive. You know, why would we necessarily want to put, while I believe in boundless travel, I also see the point of a lot of our readers. And they're like, why would we want to go somewhere that really is against our very being? You know, so they want to see the world and there's no doubt about it. And unfortunately, there's still a lot of parts of the world where there are amazing experiences that people want to see but laws and regulations are discriminatory. Right. And what brands do you feel are leading in this space for the LGBTQ plus traveler? Who's doing it well? Oh, there are loads. Firstly, you know, shameless plug. Destinations wise, you know, like Thailand um, are are, are doing their best uh, from an external perspective. There's still a lot of stuff they need to fix from a legislative perspective. Um, They tried to pass an equal marriage bill to be the first in Southeast Asia over the last 
uh, over the last couple of years, but the pandemic has, has created some, you know, some barriers to that at the moment. Um, but also uh, the city of Stockholm, still on a shameless plug. <laughs> nation. But, you know, these are people, and the UK as well, Visit Britain do it very well. There mm-hmm. are some great destinations around the world. Uh, and, and, and even within, say, the US, like Puerto Rico uh, and West Hollywood, that really go out of their way to celebrate people. And that's why I used the word celebrate before, you know, not just mm-hmm. saying everybody's welcome here, you know, because that, that's equality. We get what equality is, but people are going to say, we, we understand you, we see you as a community and we want right. you to come here. So from a destination perspective, them, uh, but also uh, brands like Belmont in the luxury space. Belmont has, is the only brand in the uh, luxury travel brand uh, that I know of, at least, uh, and I know a lot of luxury travel brands uh, <laughs> that has a, an LGBTQ plus advisory board. We get together once a year uh, to discuss uh, the challenges uh, that the hospitality industry face and how Belmont can get better at making sure they, we- they welcome and celebrate their guests. Um, and then there are a lot of other major hotel brands that are doing some good work. Uh, mm-hmm. The Preferred Hotel Group, uh, for example, uh, they have a uh, segment for uh, the LGBT welcoming hotels called Preferred Pride, where they actually engage in proactive training uh, with the hotel members to, um, you know, to, to, to help them uh, more sensitively handle LGBTQ guests and their needs and wants. Incredible. Yeah. So lots of work to do, but some lot of good work that is happening. Yeah. And I, you know, but I, 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 you know, I'm an impatient person. Uh, I think, you know, we need to get there faster. Uh, I've often said this, you know, women's rights is over a hundred years. The civil rights movement has been over 60 years, the LGBT rights movement over 50. And yet we still have to have these conversations. Um, You know, if you look at hotel marketing and you look at uh, uh, the way hotels operate in 2022, it's still predominantly cisgendered, heteronormative, and white. You know, the, 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 the typical family uh, that you see in hotel marketing is, 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 is white, 2.4 children. You know, mm-hmm. one boy, one girl tend to be blonde-haired and blue-eyed. Uh, and that hasn't changed in decades. Yeah. Uh, and yes, I, you know, we have to applaud those who are making uh, great steps forward, uh, particularly in the last two years um, after Black Lives Matter. Um, but we need, to, we need to move on from that sort of area of tokenism into making it part of our everyday. Diversity has to be part of our everyday. Definitely. And how would you, what would you suggest to hotels that are, are looking to change, right? Or looking to say, listen, we know we're, we're not where we should be. How do we do this? You know, because it, it probably is daunting as well, you know, from a marketer, if you're used to marketing a certain way or doing it a certain way, what do you suggest in that situation? Yeah, but you know, I think it shouldn't be daunting. I think that's the biggest yeah. thing. I think people see it as daunting. I, I get it. But, but why? <laughs> you know, just about being a better person or being about, you know, a, a more contemporary person living in the now rather than living in the past. It's, it's, we can't mm-hmm. undo what happened in the past. That's unfortunate that we can't. Um, but what we can do is make things better for the future um, yeah. and get rid of all that prejudice and unconscious bias and all the things that we have heard about so much. Um, and we've not 
only got to talk about it. We've got to stop talking about it and actually take some action. And I think there's a lot of people within the diversity and inclus inclusion uh, world, particularly in, 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 in travel, who are doing a lot of talking, but not necessarily right. doing a lot of doing. Um, but I do understand that it is it's sometimes an uphill struggle, right? But, you know, there are plenty of experts out there. Uh, there are plenty of people who, who are, are walking the walk and, you know, talking the talk and walking the walk. Um, and to use those people to be able to guide you into, into creating better marketing or better internal practices. And that's the mm -hmm. other thing, you know, I think there is still a lack of diversity within the people, particularly at leadership level in the travel industry. Fact. You know, right. I, um, I'm often challenged in this. I say, go look at the numbers. You know, do you see board level or C-suite people who are either people of color or LGBT? You know, is it representative of, of, of the world uh, we live in? No, it isn't. And I think that needs to get better. And we need to be able to give a step up to people who come from marginalized communities to start working in the luxury travel industry or take, mm -hmm. take responsibility in, in, in the travel industry, not just for representation's sake, you know, and I think a lot of people do it for representation's sake. Look, we have these people, you know, pat ourselves on the back. It's more than that because you create role models that, you know, that people feel that they can work in this industry and this industry isn't uh, discriminatory and this industry is for them because it is, uh, you know, by and large, hospitality and travel is about being welcoming and celebrating and positive. So I think we really have the opportunity to do that. Uh, and for me, it's, it, it's less about the what do we do, it's, it's, it's more about the how do we do and do we want to do, you know? Uh, and I think that's the bit that a lot of businesses have to get over. Uh, the, the bit, you know, that, the, that we want to do uh, and once they're there, the how do we do? How do we now actually make this a reality? Excellent. Yeah, it's taking action now. Um, yeah, beautiful. Love it. Love it so much. Yeah, you know, I think it's, a, it's, it's something we really have to look at, but it's something that we must ingrain in the way we think every day. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think uh, there's, there's a lot of this where people sort of pull out diversity and inclusion as a silo and say, this is a project we need to work on. We need to get our brand looking more diverse and inclusive right but you know like us from the example that you know we've given at the magazine of how we've even diversified ourselves um mm -hmm. while we you know set out to to look after a particular part of of a marginalized community but we diversify ourselves i think there's a real opportunity for brands to do that as well yeah couldn't agree with you more yeah it's excellent and what are some of more future developments uh, with your business are there out any there. plans, yeah, that you have that you can share with us today? Well, we're very much in recovery mode. I can tell you that much. <laughs> it's been good. The first uh, few weeks of the year has been fantastic. Um, and we're having some fantastic uh, conversations with people. But I don't think we'll be doing anything too new. Ask me again in a month, it'll probably be a completely different story <laughs> as, we, as we, you know, charge into the new year. But yeah. you know what I want to do is to to to, to get back on track, get the ship, get the ship, uh, the the ship steered again, uh, back on course, uh, and and I think we're there. Uh, but I also want to do what we've done better, uh, yeah. and as I said, not get back into that situation where we're doing a lot uh, for nothing. 
you know, yeah. where we really focus on who we are and what we do well and do it at the best we can before moving on to, to, to new projects. Excellent. So where are you traveling to next? Where's your next destination? I'm actually going to New York this weekend. New York City. Oh, One of amazing. my favorite cities in the world. Uh, I actually got the opportunity to sneak out there literally for 48 hours uh, last year uh, 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 on, on an exemption on a, I had, I had a couple of conventions and while I was in the US, I went to, to look at my favorite city. <laughs> <laughs> as you do. As, so, you do. <laughs> as you do. So I'm very glad that after pretty much a two year hiatus that, you know, we're, we're engaging back in, into New York again. New York is, is, is a hotbed for out there. Um, it is, uh, where a large part of our readership is. We are a global magazine, although we're based in the UK. Uh, the US is a very important market for us. Uh, and I'm glad that we can now reconnect with the US again uh, after a while, uh, openly <laughs> and freely <laughs> with no restrictions, knock wood, touch wood, however you want to say it. Uh, yeah. But I, it, it's super important. I'm looking forward to get out there. And right after, I am going to do a stint in Thailand. Uh, we're working on a project with the Tourism Authority of Thailand and the next issue of Out There uh, will be a Thai-focused issue. Half the magazine uh, is always focused on one destination. We like getting under yes. the skin of a place uh, to discover what's you know exciting and diverse about that destination. Uh, and it's Thailand um, for this next issue. And we come full circle because the first ever Out There travel uh, that we launched was an issue on Thailand. So oh. 10 years and a pandemic later, <laughs> we're back yeah. in Thailand. Beautiful. And a nice juxtaposition in travel as well, too, with New York and then to Thailand. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, these are desti also destinations like Thailand really, you yeah. know, really need our help. Um, they yes. rely heavily on tourism. And, you know, I know there's a reticence to travel long haul and get out into the world right now. And particularly with things that are happening in Asia, the uncertainty. But, you know, for, for we, we have to, you know, we have to support. We have to continue yeah. supporting these economies uh, because not, not just from a commercial perspective, but because they're beautiful places with beautiful people uh, and they need our help. Definitely. If you need any assistance in Thailand, I'd be more than happy to go. <laughs> Join the line. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll, be, sure. I'll be chartering a plane at this rate. Everybody's Just about you to know, say, I'm sure. That's the wonderful <laughs> yeah. thing about working in travel. You know, there, I know there's some people out there still a bit wary about travel, but for the most part, the people that I know and the people that I work with or work, you know, together with are all travel folk. And you yes. know, the idea of going to Thailand for a few weeks is like, yeah, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I I hit 11 countries during 2020. And everyone's like, how did that happen? I said, whenever I could get out, when it was, you know, when I was doing it legally, I got out. <laughs> amazing. So, That's amazing yeah. news. Well, there's a way, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And we mustn't stop. You know, I think no, what I we're agree. learning, I know it's important to keep people safe. I know it's important. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, you know, I don't begrudge any government or any legislation like a lot of people do for what they did because yeah. it's, you know, unprecedented and we're reacting in ways that we've never done before. Uh, and, and it's a, to some degree, it's suck it and see, you know, mm -hmm. so I don't blame anyone or, 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 or talk down anyone for what they did. But we've got to learn to live with this yes. now. It's two years. Right. And for the travel industry, we've got to find ways to keep people safe 
uh, and but never take away the opportunity to see the world uh, because that's really important to me. And it's also coming back to the point on diversity. It's really important that you always have an external view. You know, mm -hmm. if you live and only see what you see around you, you don't know what the, you know, you don't understand, you won't understand diversity because you don't get to engage with people who have a different point of view. Uh, and travel is inherent and important to that. So important to that. It is. And it, being leaders in this space, we need to, you're right, understand it and actually do it ourselves, right? <laughs> and to be able to help promote it in a safe way and to show what's going on and show that, yes, you can still travel. It is essential to travel. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Amazing. Well, we're already coming up to our fire five questions. Wow, that went quick. I know. I know. It's Time flies fun. when you're having fun, Mary. <laughs> you're just so great to talk to. Um, do you, so, are you ready for this? Okay. All right. Do Let's you go. prefer a city holiday or a beach holiday? Oh, <laughs> this is not going to be as quick fire as we thought, right? <laughs> I'm going to go with the out there crowd and say right now a city holiday. Yeah. But I'm dying for the beach. Don't get me wrong. Maybe a city yeah. by the beach, you know, like Rio de Janeiro or Barcelona or Miami. Barcelona, yeah. So I can get yeah. the best of both worlds. I want my cake and eat it. I, I, I understand you completely. <laughs> um, and will you eat your cake with champagne or cocktails? Champagne always. Yeah. And champagne cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> I had one of those last night. It was brilliant. It was like a tea-based champagne cocktail and it was delicious. Oh. I had it at the Londoner. That's my that's my uh hip hangout for the new hip hangout in London. <laughs> oh, it is. It is fantastic. And uh, now I'm craving champagne and cocktails, but I'm on day 21 of dry January. So I've got to Oh, I'm on dry January too, but that only means I drink dry wine. <laughs> <laughs> And champagne can get real dry, honey. <laughs> it can. It can. Well, my name is Champagne Bubble Bath, so uh, my nickname. So there we go. Champagne, there champagne, go. I say. <laughs> London or Paris? London. Love yeah. it. Home and uh, born and bred Londoner. Maybe it's because I'm a Londoner, but I love London. Yeah, no, I had a conversation with someone the other day and I said, London's just one of those cities where it just, it is so diverse, right? Talk about diversity. There's so much to do, to see, to learn from that it's really hard to go anywhere else. Once you Absolutely. And I'm glad you chose Paris and didn't choose somewhere else that I really loved, like New York, because <laughs> that would have <laughs> been impossible. Uh, I have yet to fall in love with Paris despite many times there, I don't know what it is. It's not, it, it hasn't quite got me yet. And don't get me wrong, I know a million people who love and adore Paris, um, yeah. but it hasn't, quite, it hasn't quite got me. Yeah, it doesn't get everyone. I, I do love Paris, but if, yeah, if I probably had to choose, it'd be London as well for that, you know, the overall encompassing of diversity. Um, yeah, definitely. But, uh, but you have, would you live in New York over London? What would you prefer to live in? I'd like, you know, I, I think I had the best of both worlds beforehand uh, where I was traveling there quite often. Right. Uh, so I got to see it without actually being, you know, being having to be a New Yorker. I, yeah. There was a time I would give my right arm to be a New Yorker. Uh, <laughs> but over over time and over traveling there, I think the pace in New York is, is, is fun, but it must be difficult if you're there the whole time. I think the pace in London, London has everything that New York has, uh, but not maybe not on acid. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean it just doesn't yeah. move as fast uh, right. there are ways of disappearing there's ways of being 
staying in there's ways that you know that yes. it, it just moves slower uh in in that way i'm not saying that it's not as exciting it's as exciting but in a different way i think new york is very fast and i think it can get exhausting very quickly so mm -hmm. the way i do it where i dip in and out multiple times a year i think it's it's to be in new york um but i've always well. said you know i got three i got three cities uh that my heart kind of belongs to and it's it's spread across the world and if i can find a way to spend my time across those three cities i'll do it and it's uh new york london and bangkok oh, okay Wow. Three I metropolises, think I think, three metropolises that have inherently the same spirit, but wa wildly different. Right. Yeah. No, I like that. I think you're doing that quite well. It'll, you'll be back. You're back. <laughs> 2022 <laughs> is your year. <laughs> Absolutely. So I guess I might know the answer to this question then. So is it Pride Parade in New York City or Pride Parade in Sydney? Oh, Pride Parade in Sydney. Oh, okay. Something just for something a little bit different. I do. Okay. I've done New York Pride quite a lot. Uh, okay. um, and it's what's fabulous. your favorite Pride uh, Parade that you've been to? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, Again, I really enjoyed it. Madrid. Yeah, Madrid okay. was it's it's a it's a different it's a really different energy. Um, I also like uh, one in Stockholm, much very small compared mm -hmm. to the rest of the world, but a really sort of community-driven, community-driven spirit. You know, I think in 2019, uh, I took a group of journalists and influencers there and um, to Stockholm Pride uh, while I was, you know, ambassador and representing the city. And there was this moment where we were all marching in the parade. You know, it's not big, like, it's not like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade that New York mm -hmm. is, you know. It's, it's just a bunch of people, some vans and a lorry, and we were marching mm -hmm. to Pride Park. And all of a sudden, I, everyone that was there, that must have been tens of thousands of people, broke into ABBA's uh, Dancing Queen and just started singing oh, it at the top of their voices while walking down uh, the street towards Pride Park. And it was one of the most sort of ethereal, magical and camp moments of my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Extremely camp, actually, but a lot of fun. Amazing. I used to live right on Yonge Street in Toronto in a loft. Oh, yeah. And I used to host uh, pride parties. Um, and that is quite a long parade. And there were some amazing memories there. And I do miss it. Oh, yeah. Toronto is great. The Church in Wesley Corner of Church in Wesley is where yes. I used to hang. Yeah, absolutely. That's, That's a great parade, actually. Yeah, I was at Young and Wellesley, so yeah. Uh, they're all, they're all, um, they're all, they're all good, and they're all good for different reasons, you know. But we yeah. also should pay attention to ones uh, in the world that aren't necessarily just all about the parade and celebration, where it's still a march. Um, yeah. I, I went to something called the Pink Dot uh, in Singapore uh, quite mm -hmm. a while ago, and you know, it's a collection of people in the park, and it's actually mostly allies who believe that freedom of love is very important and they all it's not an organized thing they all you know it's not a you know a city ordinance thing they all go dressed in pink and at a particular that. time they create a dot in the middle of the of of, of the um of the park uh oh, that's beautiful and i think it's just so powerful you know yeah. and it's a community that still live in a country there where where being gay is against the law it's not enforced necessarily uh but right. still you know 
there's a legislative uh, there's a legislative I can't even say that word <laughs> there's a law uh, that mm-hmm. that makes LGBTQI people second class citizens you know yeah. and I think those kinds of things are, are are super important not necessarily as a tourist or someone to go and visit but it's important that those things happen across the world and sometimes well, it's important I think I'd like to do that go that's and like support a bucket it. list now yeah, yeah no I think that's beautiful I I've just written that one down so <laughs> <laughs> I love it and the last one is skiing or snowboarding because we know so uh, I love something wintry neither upra ski is my bag <laughs> I'm actually going on, on on a trip like that too. Actually, between New York and uh, um, Thailand, I'm taking a little jaunt to France to celebrate a France um, a friend's 40th birthday, um, and uh, we're going supposedly snowboarding. Uh, but I hold <laughs> the gold medal in après ski, so that will be definitely <laughs> you're you're more far than on the piece. Oh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm off to Switzerland in March and I haven't skied since 2019. So I think I'll probably be in the bar more as well. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm slowly learning to appreciate the cold. I'm a hot weather person. I don't know about you, right. but I'm a hot, hot weather person. Uh, it's going to be minus 12 in New York next week, I hear. Uh, and I'm terrified, but it's worth it. It's New York City. But most of the time I will choose a sun vacation over a winter yeah. one. Yeah, I'm Canadian, so I do love the snow, but I've now been in the UK a while, so I've climatized. True nor strong and fierce for you. True nor strong and fierce. Exactly, exactly. So my last question for today is, since this is Lyra Listens, I'd like to ask you what or who are you currently listening to? Well, I'm listening to you, Mary, and I'm having a great time. <laughs> uh, but you, if you mean music-wise... Um, I listen, you know, I, I listen to anything, anything that's in the background. Um, at the moment, much, not, not very much, uh, but I have been listening to Adele like the rest of the world has, yes, yes, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, and it's, it's been, it, it's been, um, it's been touching. Uh, it's been, mm-hmm. it's been nice and relaxing actually. Um, but, uh, other than that, I've been actually, uh, spending more time reading than I have been listening uh, to music. Uh, and I've really d- rediscovered the wonderful world that is uh, Bill Bryson. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it. some of those views are a little antiquated, I must say, now reading mm-hmm. it with my diversity eyes. Uh, but that doesn't take away from him being a fantastic storyteller. And actually, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I model myself, uh, at least out there's editorial style uh, on him a lot. You know, first person say it as it is, see what you, you know, say what you feel, say what you see, uh, and tell an entertaining story in, in, uh, as you go. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I've been rediscovering some of his older books that I haven't picked up in a while. Uh, and it's been wonderful. Incredible. Yeah, reading is so important. And I also, the 2022, I said every month I'm reading at least one book. So that was one of my goals because I agree it's uh, the powerful. It's so powerful to read. Yeah, you can do a bit of both. My um, my partner has started listening to audiobooks and is he's getting, you know, he's loving it. Absolutely loving it. They um, are great. Yeah, I'm into audio as well now. Yeah, they're great. No, it's perfect. Good. Well, thank you again. Big thank you for joining me today. It's been so incredible to learn about your journey. Um, and creating this publication, how you pivoted and creating this, the diverse community. 
I think this is amazing. Um, you're such a leader in our industry. I, I really, truly love your drive, your vision, your passion, um, and also you educating the industry in your pillars, which I love these three Ds so much. <laughs> Diversity <laughs> for creating belonging, discovery for traveling the world, and discernment for a luxury life. Um, so I think that's great. And I just love your social media updates as well. So keep sharing all your amazing travels with us because I love following you um, and I appreciate you a lot. So thanks for being here today. Thank you, Mary. I appreciate you too. It's been a pleasure. Uh, and I can't believe it's time has flown so quickly. Yes. And just in time because that's the doorbell. So I have to go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> have a fabulous weekend. Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye. A big thank you again to Erwin for joining me today. And I'd also like to thank Dio Gibson for our Lure Lessons beat from his song, Can't Wait. Please remember to follow Lure Lifestyle on Instagram at Lure Lifestyle. Stay tuned for future Lure Lessons where I will celebrate more luxury lifestyle leaders that I encourage you to listen to.